Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and it is hot in Phoenix. It's been over 100 the last two days, and it's only April. It's not fun. Not fun at all. They say it's going to be a chilly 87 tomorrow. Here's hoping it's going to be 87 and not 100. Man, that's miserable. Okay. Let's see here. Things that I like. Let's start the show. Things that I like is air conditioning, which I shouldn't be using in April, but I am. That's fun. I want to thank Mark for becoming our latest Patreon supporter. Thank you, Mark. Really enjoy chatting with you on email. Your stickers are in the mail. Here's some things you should know. One, my handwriting is terrible. Two, the stickers didn't turn out the way that I like would have liked them to. They're not the quality I would have thought they would be. Um, so when I get new stickers, um, I'll consider sending the, the good quality ones out to everybody who received the bad quality. But at the moment, I think I have somewhere like 75 or 100, some in that neighborhood of stickers. And, uh, you know, I already spent the money. So I apologize. If you don't like them, let me know, and I'll send you new ones when I get new ones printed up. But thanks for being a Patreon supporter. And speaking of Patreon supporters, you can go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt. You can back us at, there's only two levels. Back us at the $1 level, which gives you access to the Patreon feed, which I have started writing some things for the Patreon feed. I haven't published anything yet, but I started writing something today. Um, And you get some free stickers that I'll send you. At the $5 level, you get access to the Patreon feed, the stickers, and Slack access. And James and I have been chatting in Slack, and I'm really enjoying that. So if you want to join us, go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and join us. Let's see here. Once we get 10 monthly subscribers at any level, I'm going to give away a Tesla desk charger. It's a phone charger in the shape of a supercharger, if you're not aware um, and if you only want to, if you only want to support at the dollar level, that's fine too. Mark and I have been chatting over email and that's, that's perfectly fine. I, 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 I also enjoy Mark's conversations. Pretty smart dude. So I'm happy that smart people listen to the show. Uh, that's pretty cool. 
next the Bloomberg Model 3 update, which is probably reflective of what the numbers, closer to what the numbers actually are. Uh, right now, they're up to 2,395 a week for a total of 15,003 cars uh, built. That's according to Bloomberg. It's not according to Tesla. I put three models, or excuse me, three videos in the in the chat. Not in the chat, jeez, chat. I wish I could do this live. I don't have the skills. I put three models in our videos. Jeez, a little. I put three videos in the show notes. One is uh, kind of a walkthrough of a Porsche, Porsche Mission E Cross Turismo. Looks really sweet. Kind of a sneak peek into that car. It's not really a sneak peek. It's a peek into that car. It's really pretty. I'm not a big Porsche fan though, but uh, and the other one is a it's a three a, 3D animated story of Elon Musk. I watched a little bit of it. I I wasn't super impressed, but it might interest somebody. I mean, I was really impressed with that work they put in, but the story itself didn't grab me. And then Alex on Autos uh, gives a little Kona Electric review if you're more if you're interested in the Kona Electric. Okay, let's get to the kilobits part of the show. If you're new to the show, I used to be all over the place with the news. It was um, it was terrible. Somebody left me a bad review, which I looked at the other views reviews that he left, and they were all bad too. <laughs> so apparently, that's his specialty. But he had some good points, so I tried to organize this podcast a little better. So if you're new to the show, here's how it works: we have the kilobits. We will we'll, we have the sections that you've already heard, and then we have the kilobits section. These are just kind of headlines, kind of just like little tasters of things that I saw, but I didn't really want to go into great detail about it. I just wanted to kind of mention so that everybody kind of has that on their mind, just cool things that are going on in the world of EVs. And then we have the news where I go a little bit deeper dive. I've set limits. The kilobit section, I try to have no more than 10. The news section, I have try to have between three and five. So this show doesn't run 40 50 minutes long, like it has been in the past, or had been. So the goal is to get out of here in less than 30 minutes, and we've been pretty successful Successful last two shows. So here's Kilobits. First story from Fred Lambert, Electric. One of the forward-facing features of Tesla, and literally forward-facing features of Tesla Model X, is its panoramic windshield. The windshield is, the, I don't know I'm stuttering so much. The windshield is designed to give occupants an obstruction-free view of the road. It's really pretty. It's super cool. Um, but what happens when a tractor-trailer truck loses two wheels? I'm assuming this tractor-trailer had duals, so dual tires connect to, connected to one side of the axle. What happens when one of those flies off the tractor-trailer and uh, hits the Model X right in the windshield. Well, the good news is nobody got hurt, but that is what happened on a uh, Switz a highway in Switzerland. Uh, one of the wheels found its way right into the Model X windshield. Like I said, no one was hurt, but it looks like the wheel damaged part of the roof structure. It's kind of hard to see from the picture. I don't know if it goes, it looks, it's right above the driver, uh, where the driver would sit. So I don't know if that actually interferes with the opening of the Gulf, uh, the Falcon Wing doors or not. 
but still not cheap. Electric's reporting that just to replace the windshield, it's approximately $1,400. And we'll talk more about windshield placement on Model X in a later story. Uh, but this shouldn't be an issue for the owner, because whoever owns that truck is going to be paying for that windshield for sure. Next story, still by Fred Lambert of Electric. Tesla is no longer refurbishing cars. This is kind of a misleading headline because when I read the story, it's not that um, it's not that bad. So Tesla's expecting a large number of uh, leases, like people's three-year lease. It's coming up. Um, it's coming due. They're going to return the cars. Tesla's expecting a large number of these cars. Uh, but what they did in the past is they would fix all the little nitty you know, the problems all down even to the small details, and then they would resell the car. Well, they're not going to do that. They're not going to fix the cosmetic problems. They're still going to make the car, make sure the car is operating. They're still going to give it a, an extended warranty when they sell it. It's just not going to refurbish just like if there's a stain on the seat, you get a stain on the seat. It's a used car. And that makes sense. One of the things that I like, though, is that uh, Tesla is going to make it easier to request pictures of the actual car because when you go onto the pre-owned, you basically just kind of see like a stock car. It's not, I mean, it's in the color of what the car is. It's in the interior, the interior is the same color, but it's not the actual car. So I would like to see that. Um, because if I ever decide to spend $60,000 on a used vehicle, I want to know what the car looks like before I buy it. Still, Fred Lambert, don't worry, we stopped getting into Fred Lambert's here in a little bit. Uh, the family of the driver of the Model X that crashed in Mountain View, California, we've been talking about it the last couple of shows, they are preparing to sue Tesla over this uh, issue. Just to recap the story, if you haven't heard, uh, a gentleman was driving down the freeway in Mountain View. Um, one of those concrete barriers came um like in the gore point where they have those concrete barriers and then they have those kind of crash arresters that little uh they're like little metal airbags for your car where you hit them and it slows you down you don't hit the concrete barrier and you're protected well in this case that crash arrester was already broken because a car had crashed into it before so the gentleman driving the model x which we'll get into in a second ended up crashing into that concrete barrier, and he later died um, at the hospital. Unfortunately, passed away. Um, it's really hard when someone loses a loved one, and I don't want to make this sound... I don't want to sound like I'm insensitive or that I'm being callous or anything like that because I see it all the time where uh, someone loses a loved one in an accident or some freak... Uh, it doesn't even have to be a car accident, just some freak accident, and it my heart goes out to them. It's terrible. So going forward, just know that because I'm not putting the blame on Tesla, and I'm not putting the blame on the driver. So what we do know is Tesla said that autopilot was activated. Tesla uh, also said that the car warned the driver several times to take over driving, to put their hands on the wheel and take over, and that was not done. According to Tesla, we don't know. What we know from the driver's side is that he did bring it into a Tesla service center and said that there was a navigation issue. And Tesla has said navigation is not the same as autopilot. So as far as they're concerned, that's kind of a non-starter a non for them. 
But here's my question, which is what I was thinking about today, which is why I recapped all this stuff for people who've already listened to this, is was it a misunderstanding of the the uh, customer? Was he saying navigation when he really meant autopilot? Or was it a something that the person at the service center was like, oh, navigation's close enough to autopilot, we didn't find anything wrong, and they just hit navigation. Because those things happen. So where the truth lies, we'll probably never know. The other thing that I'm concerned with is that the driver of the Tesla, he was warned several times, if you're paying attention to the road, you, you're, you're going to protect yourself. You're not going to run into that barrier on purpose. Um, so you'd make reasonable steps to not crash into the barrier. Did that person who's driving, did they have a medical issue before um, the you know autopilot was on? They had something, a medical issue happen, and they weren't able to take um, the wheel or take over the car because they were incapacitated because of their medical issue, which does happen. Uh, diabetics crash the car. People who have seizures crash their car. It does happen. So it, it's kind of interesting to know and we'll probably never find out, but where the truth lies. And I'm not on Tesla's side, um, and I'm not blaming the driver. It, th there's none of that stuff. It's just uh, this is one of those tough things with that happens all the time, but now it, hap it just happened with autopilot. So enough about that. That was not a kilobit. That was a kilowatt. But uh, this one, next one's a kilobit. Teslarati Simon Alvarez According to Elon via Twitter, users will soon be able to request an update to the software version for their car. Currently, people have to just kind of wait until Tesla rolls out the newest version to their car. Now you can request an update. So um, that's actually fantastic because as somebody who waits for software updates like it's Christmas morning, that's a it's a it's a very hard to wait. If you are techie and nerdy and you want that software update and you want to see all those cool features and toys, and it takes you know six days. Those are long six days, or even if it's two days, that's a long two days to have to wait to get those features and toys. You want them now. Next story is Autoblog John Belt Snyder. This is really cool. The Kia Soul will be outfitted with a with wireless charging. And I'm not talking about the little pad where you set your phone on. I'm talking about actual wireless charging where you drive your car onto a pad and it charges your car. One of the cool things is is you will not you won't have to line up exactly because there's two coils in the pad. So even if you're off a little bit one way or the other, it's still going to charge your car. Unknown if it'll charge your car as fast, but it's still going to charge it. One of the things um, that I need to say, though, is this is in this isn't in every Kia Soul. This is basically test cars in Nevada. Uh, this is a th three-year project that they're running with Hyundai, and uh, with any luck, we'll be seeing this in our. I don't know. Well, first of all, I I don't know how I feel about this. I I feel like everything's going to give you cancer nowadays, so I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I want something that big sending out electrical signals in my garage, but maybe I do. I haven't decided yet. Uh, the Kia Soul, the new Kia Soul EV, is it has similar specs to the Chevy Bolt, if you're interested in that. 
Uh, the car actually looks really neat. I have to, like, my hat's off to Hyundai and Kia because in the past I was not a fan of their vehicle. I didn't like the fit and finish. I didn't think the quality was that great. But it really seems like just, and I've only looked at pictures and video, but it really seems like they've stepped up their stepped up their game and they were delivering like affordable EVs for people who would like an EV but don't want to spend sixty five thousand dollars on an EV. So I mean, it's just it's it's amazing. It's it's awesome. I'd love to see um, what they're doing. If you want to see a video of the Kia Soul. There's a link to this article in the show notes, and that link has a video from Autoblog. So one of the things that I mentioned in this is, a, this is for the next story here. One of the things that I mentioned uh, as one of the things that I like was the story of Nikola T- uh, Tesla's a podcast, where a gentleman from Canada does a really good job of researching and giving you like not only the story of he's an author, not only the story of Nikola Tesla, but also like everything that was kind of, not everything, a lot of the stuff that was going on in the world are in that time period, in that part of the story. So it's really interesting. But like in the story, Thomas Edison and Nikola Tesla kind of had a rivalry, although it's debatable if they really did or not. Um, Tesla, the car has a little, rivalry whether they know it or not uh nikola motors which is the first part (laughs) they're kind of kissing cousins there uh nikola motors they're building a semi and we've talked about in the past that their semis run on hydrogen which is eventually converted into electricity and then water goes out the tailpipe and life is good provided that doesn't blow up but i'm sure that that's all um all that information is, all all of that technology has has advanced. I hope it has anyway. Anyway, Nikola Motors has, according to them, $8 billion in pre-orders for its Nikola 1 and Nikola 2 semi-trucks. I highly suggest going to NikolaMotors.com and taking a peek. It's a really cool-looking truck. Uh, but they're now refunding all of the pre-order deposits, and currently they have about 8,000 pre-orders. Uh, what they said is they have enough money to operate on and they don't need pre-order money to run the company, which is an obvious dig at Tesla uh, and the press that Tesla's getting concerning potential money problems. Hmm. The thing is that it doesn't really go into, and they don't really say anything in the article, is Tesla's building a lot of stuff. Nikola Motors hasn't built anything yet. They are going to be building a billion-dollar production facility in Buckeye, Arizona, although everybody keeps saying Phoenix uh, news-wise or a suburb of Phoenix, but Buckeye's pretty far out there. I don't live too far away from them, uh, closer than I do to the Lucid Motors plant in Casa Grande. But, um, you know, at this point in time, I'm sure they have plenty of money, and I wish them the best. But it's it's kind of apples and oranges here. <laughs> they don't they're not in full production. Tesla's in full production building vehicles. I'm not defending Tesla because there is something to be said about not using people's money to build the next thing, which is what it seems like Tesla's doing. I don't know if it is, but it seems like it. Um, so 
I don't think they're way off base on this, but uh, it definitely seems like a, um, you know, just kind of a shot across the bow, just like, hey, we're over here. We're we're gonna make news story and drum up interest. And I I applaud them for that. Like no hate towards Nikola Motors at all. Um, if you work for Nikola Motors and you listen to the show, I, I I would love to come out and see your uh your facility. They're planning on moving their research and development and headquarters to Arizona sometime in late 2018. And uh, I'd also like, even if it's on a closed track, I'd like to drive one of your trucks. Doesn't matter which one. I'll take the small one. I just want to drive it to see what it's like. Um, I'd be very excited to do that. Probably never happened, but fingers crossed. Final story in the kilobits section from Simon Alvarez at Teslarati. And a lot of people are going to be excited about this. I mean, a lot. I'm not personally excited about the first part of this, but I'm really excited about the second White interior is coming to the Model 3 in July, says Elon on Twitter. But the other thing that's really exciting is so is dual motor all-wheel drive. Uh, July 2018 is what I'm assuming he means when he says July. Uh, this is exciting. Um, Elon thinks that uh, July is going to be a pivotal point for the Model 3. And let's hope so. And it's probably a pivotal point because that's uh, where Elon thinks that we'll, they'll hit that 5,000 mark of Model 3s per week. Which is... Uh, it seems like they're, they're getting there. It seems like they're getting there. Um, yeah, it's something else I was going to say. Oh, so if Elon says July of 2018... Let's expect September or maybe October of 2018 and be pleasantly surprised if it's before that. Nothing against Elon, uh, but, you know, things happen. So, uh, but, you know, July, October, that's not that far away. It's not that big of a wait unless you have a Model 3 reservation and you're waiting for those two things. But if you don't, it's not that long to wait. Okay, let's get into the news section um, this is from Reuters. The chairman of the NTSB, National Transportation Safety Board, and Elon Musk had a constructive conversation on the investigation uh, for the Model X crash in Mountain View. Uh, we talked last week how the NTSB, they're kind of upset or frustrated over Tesla releasing information on the crash. And Elon basically tweeted back, well, if it's a safety issue, we're always going to release the information. And, oh, by the way, you're just a recommendation authority. You don't have any power. I'm paraphrasing there. That must have um, that must have not sat well with somebody at the NTSB because over the weekend they had a conversation, Elon and the uh, chairman. Not really. We don't really know what they said, but they said it was constructive. So I'm pretty sure it was, hey, Elon, we're trying to investigate this. Maybe we work together and you don't bust our uh, huevos, which means eggs in Spanish, which means testicles. Slangy, slang. Um, but uh, maybe don't maybe don't give us a hard time. Maybe uh, make this a little easier. I don't know what was said. I'm sure... Um, you know, Elon can be very piffy on uh, Twitter, 
to defend himself in the company, but then he can also be very thoughtful and uh, considerate. So I'm sure that was the Elon that, that got on the phone, assuming it was the phone, and talked to the NTSB about this problem. Uh, one of the things, though, is the NTSB, they, they, they do make recommendations, but they don't, they have no, they have no teeth. But the National Highway Transportation Safety Authority, the NHTSA, they do have teeth and they're also investigating this crash. So we'll see where it goes. Um, next story is from Fred Lambert. Uh, Tesla, and really it's Elon, is they are they've already given an interview to Gail King of CBS this morning. If you know who Gail King is, it's uh, Oprah or was Oprah's best friend. I don't know if they're still friends. But uh, Gail King is uh, she got a tour of the Fremont factory. She talked to Elon about Model Three production. I'm recording this episode tonight, which is a Wednesday, and the show, the full episode for CBS, doesn't air until tomorrow morning, which is Thursday. So here's what I'm going to do. Uh, I'm going to record this, and if there's anything interesting that comes out of that, I'll just throw it at the beginning of the podcast. If there's not anything interesting that comes out of that, I'm, I'll just post the, the episode like I normally do. So uh, I'm sure there'll be a couple of things, but for these types of, like CBS is more for the mainstream, not for the super geeks like the folks that listen to this podcast, and it really there may be just no new information you know it just it just might be new to people who don't know anything about tesla or know very little so um we'll keep you posted next story autoblog man i'm really loving autoblog those guys are so good over there john belts snyder mw motors is a czech republic company and they have created one of the coolest EVs I've ever seen. And I am envious and jealous and really want this car. Um, it's it's stunning, honestly. The outside of the car, the outside and the interior have a very 1960s, like early 1960s Porsche look. Um, but it also is, and the inside is blended with like a touchscreen, the um, instrument paddle looks to be digital. Uh, so there's there's that cool stuff. And on the outside, you know, the lights are LED lights. But it's just a really cool, like, classic, nostalgic-looking car. Now, I wasn't born in the 60s, but I was born in the 70s. And I know there were still a lot of these cars roaming around when I was a kid. So it's still nostalgic and a good feeling for me. Um, the, the technology that's inside the car and outside the car, it just kind of enhances the look, the, the overall interior feel is a very classic feel and the technology doesn't get in the way of that. Whoever designed this car just did a premium job. It is so pretty. It is a two seater. So it's a midlife crisis car, um, which is perfect for me because I'm 43 and I don't expect to live much past my 70s, so I'm kind of over midlife crisis. Uh, but here's some specs for the car. It's 66 horsepower. Top speed, 90 miles an hour. I'm not looking at going over 90 miles an hour myself. It's an eight, The car is 1,800 pounds. It's got a 21.9 kilowatt hour battery. Um, 
It's got 186 miles of range. It's coming to the European Union. It is unknown if it's going to the United States or any Brexit country um, or any other countries, for that matter, or continents. So right now, it's just going to be the EU. I really hope. I hope to goodness this car comes to the United States. I don't know if I will buy one because, like, I only need uh, one car for myself to drive. My wife needs one car for her to drive. I, I'm not one of these people that collects uh, $25,000 or thirty dollars or $40,000 toys. I'm perfectly happy driving one car until I get my next car. So, uh at the time of reading this story, the car is 20,000 euros. I didn't do the conversion for the U.S. Uh, dollars, but it's still a pretty decent price. Um, probably about where it should be. Now, I was talking to uh, James on the Slack, on the Kilowatt Patreon Slack. And one of the things, because uh, we were chatting about some different car stuff that I won't go into here because it's probably not that interesting to people listening. But... Um, we were chatting about different things, and so I posted this. I said, hey, what do you think of this car? And he posted back, and he goes, you know what I'd like to see? I'm paraphrasing all this. Uh, a 50s retro-style-looking truck, an EV truck. And I agree with him 100%. One of my um, fondest memories, and I was probably in junior high. I might have been in, in ninth grade or something, but my dad bought my mom a uh, a red, she, my mom thinks it was a 64 Chevy Stepside. I think it was a 66, but it really doesn't matter. This is a beautiful truck. Had the bench seat, um, had the three on the key. It was like, it was a wonderful truck. It was beautiful, like really beautiful. And I have fond memories of driving down the road or riding with my mom or with my dad. And it's just like, it's a it's a beautiful uh, memory that I have. And for somebody to take this, the, the suggestion of making it uh, a classic EV truck. Oh, that is such, there's so many places that you could go with this. You can make it a, you know, cars inspired by the Camaro cars inspired by the old, um, rat rods. Like it just can go on and on and on like an old Corvette, um, style from the 60s i mean it if a company could come along and have that niche i think they would do really well and they would produce some super cool vehicles i don't know i don't if it sounds like i'm excited about this it's because i am it's like the the possibilities in my head are just like <laughs> uh, that's like cannons firing um but yeah so super cool super super cool Okay, finally, we are running a little bit long, but I'll wrap this up. Finally, this is a Business Insider story from Matthew Board. Apparently, this is a multi-part story. I got part four. I think it's out of four parts. But Business Insider spoke with actual Tesla employees on the record with Tesla's brief blessings. Now, I'm sure there was a PR person, like, handcuffed to the Tesla employee, and there's probably a sniper on the reporter, but still very cool to hear something from um, somebody that's on the floor, on the factory floor, working on 
the vehicles. Now, Sheena Patterson, Patterson, excuse me, is a staff engineer at Tesla. She, in a word, builds the machine that builds the machine, or in several words, that's what Elon says. And um, Patterson, she describes it as something that is way more beautiful and eloquent than Elon puts it. But basically, this is what she says. The, not basically, this is exactly what she says. The factory is a symphony and the car is the song. That's pretty freaking beautiful. Uh, but she worked for Ford for a little bit. And I guess Ford wanted to give her a desk job. And she's like, nope, I like working for a living. So uh, she went to Tesla and she's really happy to be a Tesla, according to this article anyway. She actually designed a robot that attaches the glass panels to the Model X. So the mech- the windshield that we were talking about in the previous story where the truck tire came out and smashed the windshield, she designed the machine that actually puts that panel on in production. Uh, before, that took multiple people working with glue guns and trying to set that. It saved Tesla time, it saved the money, saved the man hours. Um, to to just put this one windshield on each Tesla, Model X Tesla anyway. So, um, I mean, very it's clear that she's a very intelligent person and uh, has a great imagination for, like, design and how to fix things, which is something I lack, um, completely lack, and, and uh, I really wish I had those traits, but I don't. But... Let's get back to the story. Enough about me. Uh, she's currently working on the Model 3 line. So she walks the If It kind of goes into her day. But basically, if production's up and running, she's walking the line. And she's finding out what's not working and what is working. And then she goes back to her desk. And she figures out a way to fix the problems that aren't working. And improve the things that are working. Because that's just as important. Um... Basically, it's just making it more efficient. And she said that uh, this was really cool. This person seems like a, a really cool, uh, really cool person to interview. But uh, she said that Elon's production hell can be an engineer's type of heaven, uh, which is awesome. Like, you know, problem solving and going out and you know doing work. Trying to get this all fixed is, you know, once it's working is very satisfying. So clearly she's that type of person. Um, one of the things that she did say with the big three auto manufacturers in the U.S. here, uh, if there's a problem, so it goes the car goes from group to group to group. So it goes to group A, group B, group C, and so on. If something bad happens in group at the part of group C, it's group A and group B are really not involved. It's Group C's problem to fix that, whatever it is. And Tesla, it's everybody's problem. So if there's if there's a problem with the Model 3, everybody gets involved to try and fix it. Now, as long as this is done in a very <laughs> mature way, this is actually, it could be a huge benefit. But if it's done in a very haphazard and, and, and uh, I don't want to say crazy, haphazard and irresponsible way, could be a nightmare so it sounds like tesla's handling it in a very responsible way but that's one of the things that she likes about the car it's a more unified approach communication between the groups is is key um so it's not 
her problem once it gets to the line or somebody else's problem. Uh, the designers are going to come in, the engineers for the car are going to come in, and the engineers for the uh, people like her that build the factory that builds the, the machines that build the machines or the conductors, they are coming in and uh, working together to solve the problems. And ultimately, um, I think that that is that that type of that type of um oh, what's the word i'm looking for hmm cohesiveness i guess uh really builds i think a stronger company it builds uh it builds uh, camaraderie in the teams um it's a real it's a real positive i've been i've worked at places where it was like we're all in this together. We're going to take it head on. And it really, it's a real motivator. Um, I won't go, <laughs> I won't go into this, but with Tesla's approach, that's not that far away from working with a union Tesla and people uh, high up at Tesla. And uh, there was a story I didn't uh, put in the show notes because we were running long, but I will mention it. There is going to be a, uh, a picket outside of Tesla with uh, union employees maybe non-union employees too, I don't know, uh, or union folks. I don't know if they're employees of Tesla. And uh, we'll see how that goes. And if it's there's some news, uh, if, it was, if it's irrelevant, we'll talk about it next week. But it's such a beautiful, like, they go into this whole thing, which is, you know, probably more than half of the principles of being, principles of being in a union is sitting down and talking and working through problems, labor and management, and they already do that. It's just—it's almost like you already have the culture. Just put the little pieces together. You—you you could be there, I promise. And it won't be as bad as you think it's going to be. So anyway, let us go ahead and end the show, shall we? Um, I'm trying to pull up my Good Notes app. Here we go. If you want to email me, it's Bodie at 918digital.com. That's B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. Hit me up on Twitter. It's at 918digital. Uh, you could call 918-401-0071 and be on the show. I'll put your message on the show. Leave a review wherever you get uh, your podcast, iTunes. It really helps the show. It helps it get higher rankings. And higher rankings means more downloads. And I would I would like that. And uh, that's it. Thanks, everybody, so much for listening. I really appreciate it. I hope everyone has a wonderful weekend. And I will talk to you on, well, I'll just talk to you next Friday. Thanks so much. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.